right. Uh, it, it, it's it's your boy, the first billionaire podcaster, the Daniel Plainview of podcasting. Welcome to uh, Lost in the Maze. This is um, the solo show, which is um, what's the word? Self indulgent. Yes. Uh, just the sort of the solo podcast style where it's, you know, it's like, I got, I got nobody to talk to. So why not try and make a little money, uh, talking to myself? That's all this is. I don't, I don't buy into that. Like I stopped buying into that whole, um, you should just like do art, like art and make things for fun thing. That's fucking bullshit. That whole goddamn like Seinfeld documentary, like his whole thing where it's like, it's not about the money. You should do it because you love it or whatever. It's like, that's an easy fucking like, point of view to have when you, when you have like a billion dollars and, and have done like the, the greatest sitcom of all time. It's real fucking easy to say that shit. But when you're like completely fucking broke and have like no real skills and you're like banking on just like your, personality and sense of humor to somehow like make you a living you got all these fucking people trying to tell you that like you shouldn't like concern yourself with the money you should just like do things for fun and it's like that's not the way the world works it's like we you work like you work to have like to have fun like you do things like so that you can then have like fun you know spend your money on fun things but the the idea of just like doing shit like this and, and stand up or writing a book or whatever, and just being like, Oh, I just fucking like doing this. And I don't expect to ever like make any money. That's, I mean, that's why you like so many fucking like artists are always broke because they bought into this fucking horse shit that they should just never value their own work or try to sell it. Like they're embarrassed to like ask for money for the fucking product that they're making. Like it's some, it's like hacky or some sort of like selling out sort of thing. And it's like, I'm not, dude. Fucking pay me. I step to the fucking content trough and, and eat and pay for your slop, pig. You fucking bitch ass, punk ass pig. I really despise that whole attitude. I mean, I remember I used to like just, just the, the amount of fucking like money you spend like working for free trying to like do shit like this. You just like doing stand up or whatever, like going to places and like. Not even like doing it for free. Actually, like fuck, like having to fucking like pay to do it because like some guy figured out his like con and scam where it's like I, you know, I'll stand here with a fucking bucket full of names, and then it's you know everybody has to pay me five dollars for the honor of performing inside of this little coffee shop. It's it's crazy, dude. How like you you get these like des- these people desperate for attention and validation these like naive people who think that like this is just the way it works like i gotta i gotta go to a coffee shop and pay some dipshit hack five bucks so that i can do five minutes of stand-up and for what like okay like you fit okay like maybe you film your set and post it to the fucking internet who gives a shit it's a fucking open mic set it does nothing for you there's i mean dude the whole fucking like it's it's like the the most corrupt like multi-level marketing like pyramid scheme is is like whatever's going on in in like the world of stand-up comedy 
and, and uh, like that realm of entertainment. It's just like con artists and grifters and scammers at every fucking corner, ready to take advantage of like all these people who I, I guess like have listened to just tons and tons of podcasts and said like, oh, I guess I'll fucking like be the next Patrice O'Neill or whatever. And so they pay some fucking guy like, you know, like 20 bucks to, or, or, or they do like, one of the best scams is the bringer show is, is like some, like some fucking dude like sends out a, like this blast email that I don't know how I even got on the fucking email list. And it's like, come to the club and we'll do like a like a meeting or whatever and then and then what they always tell you is like so they book like 20 people for the fucking show and then they they make each comedian if you want to if you to actually perform you have to bring seven audience members so it's like the 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 actual like performance and the marketing so like all of it rests solely on the backs of like these open micers who who are like new at this who have no fucking clue how to like do this kind of work i mean it's like you know it's on them for getting i've been there getting like pulled into this scam but the selling point is always like you know oh this show will always sells out and it's like yeah fucking course it does because you got 20 fucking comedians on this thing that you're making each of them are bringing seven people so it stands to reason that the fucking show is going to sell out it's not like the the whole audience is just like stoked for like whatever this show is they got like dragged into this by like you know like a friend or a co-worker who's trying comedy or if you've been if you're like in comedy it's usually just like you ask somebody else who's also doing this scam and you say like come to my show and then i'll go to your show so it's it's just the same philosophy as like you know, leaving a tip at a coffee shop and then that person leaves a tip at your barber shop and then that person leaves that same tip at the smoothie shop. So it's it's like this, you know, this sort of Ouroboros of desperate fucking open micers. It's all a scam. And, and, and then, and so the, and then they tell you like, you know, we'll film your sis. So you have like a nice little five minute tape, but it's also $25 for the fucking tape. So you like you're performing for a sold out room of people that don't really want to be there that you seven of which you had to drag there yourself. And then, and then afterward you want to tape so you can, you know, post it. So like 19 people can watch it on YouTube. So you pay $25 for this fucking tape. And, and then you like, you, you watch the thing and it's like, they don't even have like anything mic'd correctly. So it's like, all you hear is like your material. And then you can't even fucking hear the audience really laughing. So it's, it's, it's completely fucking worthless. And the whole, the whole thing is just, it, it's just a big scam. And it, like, as, as a con man, I, you know, I can appreciate that. I love a good con. I love a scam, but God damn, I've been, so I've been like just pulled into so many of those kinds of things. I mean, I used to go and like do chores, like actually work a fucking job at a club like six hours a night for in the only payment being like, maybe I would get three minutes on the weekend shows. If like some road dog didn't show up, that was going to like blow through the light. It would be like, you know, these weekend showcases where it's like 15 different comedians going on. And if, if, if I, if they could fit me in, I might get three minutes after working there for fucking hours and not not making a not making a fucking dime doing this, 
And, and then everybody else there, like you say to them, like, doesn't it feel like we're being exploited in some way? Like, we're coming here and, like, doing all this fucking work and not, like, not making any money and not even, like, guaranteed to do the thing that, like, was promised, which is stage time. And I remember some fucking dipshit one time told me, like, because I brought that up to him and he said, oh, you sound, like, really entitled right now. And I'm like, oh, I'm entitled because I'm, I'm like, working, I'm, like, doing a fucking job and not like not making any money and not even like get like necessarily getting paid in like the thing that was promised to me, which is the fucking stage time. And then, and, and then they have the nerve to like, like I'm there all those hours not getting paid. And it's, it's like, there's a bar there that has like pub mix or whatever. So I'm hungry. And then they have the nerve to like get mad at me for asking for free pub mix. And it's like, I'm doing all, I'm doing like all this fucking work. I mean, the least you could do is give me some of them little rye chips. That's the best part of any pub mix is the rye chips. I mean, there's nothing more decadent than the Gardetto's bag of just the rye chips. Oh my god, dude! I mean, that's you know, I love that. That's like my favorite thing is when you have like all these different like food like uh, uh foods that are like stuff that's all mixed together, but there's always like something really good in it. That you wish that oh, I wish I could just buy a box of this, and then they do make that like the rye chips or the uh honey bunches of oats, just bunches. Oh my god, oops, all berries. I mean, there's you know, I mean, that's what's uh, truly one of the best things about this country is you know, like some corporation will introduce a product that's like great, you know, it's it's a, a mix of all these delicious snacks but then in that you say to yourself i man i like these snacks but like i really like this one like this this is like my favorite and then it becomes this sort of like uh like morphic resonance like experience you know morphic resonance is like this idea that like that sort of like learned behavior between like different organisms that like have not interacted with each other like the uh, one of the examples i remember reading was like uh like a cat like a cattle grate so like those like raised bars in the ground that stop like cattle and goats and stuff from like walking over them and getting out um it's it's i read some story that i think i think in like australia or something like these these goats had figured in one part of the country had figured out a way to uh like like lay down and roll over this cattle grate to get by it and then it just spread so like all over the country like every like animal was like figuring out how to escape these like cattle grates and it's like i the idea is like morphic resonance i think is called so it's like these sort of like shared experiences between all kinds of different animals and species and people that nobody knows where they originated or uh, uh, like between people that just have never interacted with each other like this i have a tattoo of one the cool s that's like you know nobody knows where that came from or like what it is or who created it but i everybody was drawing it when i was in middle school you know, carving it into the desk. So that's like, that's sort of um, just this weird thing about, um, I guess, people and life. 
just those sort of shared experiences. And so, like, what I'm talking about is the idea that, like, of these, you know, different food products, like a bag of Gardettos, everybody agrees, based on what I've seen and who I've talked to, that the rye chips in the Gardettos bag is the that's the best of the what's in the pub mix and the Gardettos. So then Gardettos is like, well, shit, you know, let's make a bag of just the rye chips. And I, there's nothing, to me, there's nothing more decadent and regal and American than that, than having a product that's already great and then saying, you know, I like this, but what if we, what if it was just the, what if it was just the thing I really like? I don't want to have to like, you know, thumb, you know, sort through all this bullshit to get to the rye chips. Just let me get a bag of fucking rye chips. Let me get a Captain Crunch. It's just the, the oops all berries. Um, yeah, it's really nice. Uh, and, uh, you know, co- cookie dough bites. I guess I don't. You know, I guess that's another one. Like um, cookie dough is fun. I like cookie dough. Is it now? Um, when I was a kid, it was like what you were always told about cookie dough was like you shouldn't eat it. That you'll get like I was always told you'll get like worms in your tummy if you eat cookie dough. But now because like slowly just cookie dough wound its way up into everything like you go get ice cream or whatever and there's just cookie dough and stuff it became i don't know if it was ever true that it was like bad for you to eat cookie i mean i guess there's like raw egg in it but i've had raw egg on like a steak tartare i went to this place in fort worth once called a bird cafe and i ordered a uh it was a steak tartare that came with a uh like a quail egg that had the top off of it. So like they cracked it and peeled the top off the egg and put it in the middle of the steak tartare. And so the idea is that you have like a, this like a little plate of like raw steak that you would then pour a raw quail egg on top of. And it's supposed to be like a, uh, like a highfalutin delicacy that you're just eating raw steak and raw quail egg. And it is, like honestly like it is delicious but i it gave me like crazy diarrhea i don't think it, like that's not i don't understand like in any other instance that would be like a bad idea that's like bad for you to do that but when it's 30 dollars, all of a sudden it's like you know here's a plate with garnish and this now it's like you know this, this like respectable dish but if i if i was just at home and like grabbed a sirloin and cut it up and then cracked an egg on top of it. Like that's, you know, that's a bad idea. I would not do that. But if I go to a restaurant and they slice up a raw steak and give me a little quail egg, it's like, Ooh, this is fancy. So, um, cookie dough was always one of those things that I was told you shouldn't eat raw because you'll get worms in your tummy. But now if you go to the store and look at like the the log, the Pillsbury log of a uh, cookie dough. It says like on the th- on the package, like you know you can eat it raw now. It's like ready to eat. So you know if you're just a disgusting pig like I am, who does I don't want to bake. I've never bought cookie dough 
actually wanting to bake the cookies. It's always it's always like I want to I want to crack open that log and, and just start like tearing into it and, and eat it that way. And it was all you know. It was always this thing where it's like when I was a kid, my mom would tell me, "Don't don't do that. You're gonna get really sick." And, and but now, you know, they they came around. One time I, I went and bought this, like, it was like a Nestle Toll House. I was in college, and it was like a Nestle Toll House, like, tub of cookie dough. I think, like, I think it was supposed to make, like, like three dozen cookies, and I just ate the whole tub of raw cookie dough in one sitting and got extremely sick. But not because it was raw cookie dough, it's just because I don't think you're supposed to eat 36 cookies in any form raw or cooked or you know i I think it's like generally like ill-advised to eat uh 36 cookies but i used to do shit like that all the time i used to go to uh i'll go to alverson's by my apartment and just buy like an entire cake like a birthday cake or something and just go home and like sit in my bed and eat it just eating a cake in bed or uh there was a time when i was in college i I always enjoyed this because like as as much as I love like good pizza, like a really nice like fancy slice of pizza, uh, I'll never enjoy anything more than like the the just the the sort of like trash that I was raised on. Because like I guess if you like grow up in New York or like other parts of the country, you have access to like all these like small like coal fire or whatever pizzerias that have like really good slices. But like where I'm from, it was it was it was just you know you were bombarded with like Pizza Hut, Papa John's, Domino's, shit like that. And the best was always Pizza Hut because they were the ones that invented the stuffed crust. I remember as a kid, if I remember correctly, like stuffed crust came out, and at that time, Crash Bandicoot was really popping. Like Crash Bandicoot had just come out, and like. He had become like the mascot for PlayStation. I remember there were like these pizza commercials where it was like a crash, like a guy in like a crap big Crash Bandicoot costume who was like, you know, like it's stuffed crust pizza. So you like turn it around and eat it backwards because you fucking, you know, cheat. They made it see, they all like the way that stuffed crust was advertised to me as as a kid, the way I like interpreted it was like, the crust on pizza was something that was undesirable and maybe even was considered like healthy in some way. Like you, like kids didn't want to eat it because it was like maybe like the healthiest part of the pizza. And, and so this is just my interpretation. And so they invented stuffed crust, which was like a way to, you know, entice people into finally eating their crust and getting their like vitamins that are in the crust of the pizza was was sort of sort of like the way that I was interpreting the marketing of stuffed crust pizza. And really, it's just it's just a great idea. It's like you know, crust by itself is kind of like a hassle, but if there's delicious melty cheese in it, it's like then it becomes like a go like. Uh, uh, the finish line of the pizza it's it's like you're happy to get there or if you know if you're so inclined turn the pizza around eat it in reverse which you could always do they made that seem like such a novel idea in the crash bandicoot commercials 
where it's like, finally, you can eat, you can eat the pizza backwards. And I was like, well, that was always an option. It's just like, most people don't do that. Um, but that was like, so that made pizza sort of the go-to for me was the stuffed crust. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Papa John's cause they got the, uh, and not even for the pizza. It's just whoever, like whatever genius that maybe John Shatner thought this up, but that in every Papa John's pizza, you order the, that like pepperoncini pepper and that little tub of garlic butter. That's, I mean, that's what I get excited for with a little PJs. But I, when I was in college and uh, this is why I will always have such fondness for pizza. Cause at the time they had this, like this promotion where it was like 10 bucks, a uh, large pie, whatever the fuck you wanted on it. They had like some deal going where it's like loaded up with every fucking thing we got in this kitchen and still 10 bucks. And so that was my groceries. Like I would just like, you just like place an online order for like, uh, a large pizza with literally everything on it, just like pepperoni, bacon, ham, pineapple, bell pepper, like whatever they had. Like the thing, it was a, you know, like at that at that point, it's it the the pizza itself is just sort of a delivery system for my like groceries for the week. Just all all the all the like protein and vegetables I'm supposed to be eating, and I would always bring the extra. Two bucks for a stuffed crust, and so I value. I just like lived on um, large Pizza Hut pizzas with everything on it, and then every now and then I go to the Albertsons and buy what what I came to refer to as a as a bed cake, a cake I would eat in bed. And um, I, yeah, so I've all naturally I've always struggled with my weight, and I'm probably like the fattest I've ever been now because like after my mental health my psychotic break followed by a coma followed by deep deep depression uh slash like having to relearn how to actually form a thought and make sentences um you know i just ended up ballooning and i think i'm i think i'm around like tree bills now tree bills and um it's yeah it's not fun and I do miss that's that's the one thing I really miss about being crazy was how energetic and active I was at that time. And because I was like really like getting into uh, like the I like at least the idea of yoga. I, I was like stretching a lot. I don't think I was actually ever like doing yoga, but I was doing a lot of stretching. And I was like pretty limber and I was like walking several miles a day and just not sleeping or eating. So I think I got down to like 190, which is the the like thinnest I've ever been as an adult. And now I'm, you know, easily tree bills. I got that uh because I got that like Orson Welles thing going on, the the fat genius, the fat, you know, the brilliant fat guy, Orson Welles or Harvey Firestein, who looks really crazy now. I remember him, like, I guess he was, like, my first gay guy, I guess. Like, as a kid, like, watching Mrs. Doubtfire, it was, like, that was, like, the first time I'd, like, oh, that's a uh, that's a gay guy. Uh, so that's how I always remember him 
fondly for that is like the first gay guy who also just sounded fucked up. You know, like he had, but I guess he has like some some like congenital thing with his vocal cords. So it's like, oh honey, you know, oh honey, thank you for it's me, Avi Feierstein. Oh, thank you, honey. And um, and I saw like a recent interview with him because he's still like pretty active on Broadway, and he's got he has to weigh like four hundred pounds now. He he's like the like the size of a fucking blimp. It's like uncomfortable to look at. Like it looks like he's like bursting out of his own skin. Um, but I get you know brilliant uh, gay guy, I suppose. And um, you know. I guess I'll uh, I'll do what I can to lose the weight. I you know I switched to uh, Coke Zero, so I only drink like ten of those a day, and um, I don't know if they're like any better for you than regular Coke. I ha- I have no fucking clue like what any of these chemicals. Are. It reminds me of that. Like, did you ever see that like old B movie, The Stuff, where it's like kind of starts out like the thing where it's like these two guys in like the Arctic and they find this like well of some, some sort of like semen or like a white goo. And they do the movie thing where like, you know, you only see this in movies where like they, they find like some substance or something in, on the fucking ground and then a guy will like dip his fingers into it and taste it. Which I don't, I don't think anybody in real life would investigate things in that way. But um, so like this guy tastes it, realizes like it tastes really good, like it's sweet or whatever. So they start like sucking this stuff up out of the earth and like testing on it, and discover that it has like zero calories, and you can eat it. It's delicious, zero calories. So they like package it up as this food product called the stuff. And it becomes this big hit, and then, and then um, like everyone in America is like addicted to this to the stuff. They're like all the fridges are stocked with it, and um, I come to find out it's some sort of organism that like mutates you, it takes over your fucking brain. It's I mean it is a lot like the thing, but then it turns into like some if I remember right, it turns into some sort of like guerrilla Marxist thing happens at the end with like some some sort of like militia group. I don't know. But that, I always think of that movie when I like, with, like think about like zero sugar, like products where it's, it's like they they introduce this like product that's supposed to be like you know are you a fat fuck or like worried about becoming a fat fuck but love the taste of Coca Cola? Well, here's something with presumably zero calories that you can just drink all day and not have to worry about gaining weight. But, you know, you know what Newton said, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. So I feel like if you're like just ingesting all these, like, like whatever, like weird shit is in these things to make them like taste. Cause like, cause like diet Coke never tasted like Coke to me. I always hated it. And it, it it was always this this sort of like simulacra of coke, where it, it's like well it's like coke adjacent like I guess it has like the essence of Coca Cola to it, but it, it tastes like like almost like batteries or something. It's fucking gross, and I, I've never enjoyed diet coke, and I don't understand anyone that does like that chinless Italian guy on TikTok. But then, like, when I was a kid and they introduced Coke Zero and they were like, all right, we finally figured it out. 
we heard you diet coke sucks so here's coke zero it's zero calories and it's like we've gotten as close as scientifically possible to the taste of coca-cola while not having any calories and so you try it for the first time and you go holy my god they they did it like this you know it, it it it's not exactly like Coca-Cola is not there yet, but it's close. It's close enough that you like you can make the switch and stop like and enjoy it. Not in the way that I ever like I can never enjoy Diet Coke. And 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 the great thing about Coke Zero is is like if you drink like Coca-Cola's every day, like full sugar, you tell yourself like I can only have like maybe one or two of these because it's just so much sugar. And, uh, you know, I don't want to overdo it on these, but then like the psychology of Coke zero is that, well, there's zero sugar in this. It's zero calories. It's basically water. So I could drink like 10 of these a day and I, you know, I'm fine. And and that's, that's the best thing about Coke zero is it's, it is like a shittier version of Coke. I mean, it's close to Coke, but it's not as good. But the best thing about it is now you can drink 10 a day because it's zero sugar. Uh, and so that's what I do. That's most, most of my day is just like vaping, Zen pouches, Coke zero, uh, instant coffee and, um, like crash, just, just endless fatigue. Um, and then like, let's do it again the next day, baby. Um, and I, you know, I balance it out. Like I'll have a Topo Chico every now and then, or like a Fiji or something. Um, but I just, you know, I love, uh, I guess, you, you know, tasty chemicals. Like I don't know. I don't like. I never liked like low fat stuff or zero fat items. You know, like. Wasn't that always, that was always like the idea of Miracle Whip, which is marketed as a salad dressing, which is like, fuck, like really disgust, like a disgusting idea to me that you're going to take like, this like, what to me was always like a mayonnaise substitute and use it as a, like for your salad. Um, but the, 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 the idea of Miracle Whip was always like, it was like fat free, which we all, you know, everybody knows now it just means they like pump it full of sugar or something. And, but like fat free stuff just like never tasted good to me, like Miracle Whip yogurts or whatever. And the biggest scam with all that is fucking milk. Like there's nothing better than that red label vitamin D whole milk. And the the fact that like anyone would buy like 2% or 1% of skim milk is crazy to me. Cause it's like, you're not even supposed to drink milk. I think like, haven't they said that like, once you're off your mama's titty, you know, once you hit like, you know, four or five years old and it's time to stop breastfeeding, you're off the titty and you don't drink milk anymore. And, and so like they've said over, I've heard like, over the years that it was like, people aren't really meant to be drinking milk. So it's like, if you're going to drink it anyway, just get the good shit, go to the Brahms because we all know Brahms has the best milk and get you a gallon of whole milk at the market attached to the Brahms and enjoy it. It's, you know, I love, uh, I love a big ice cold glass of milk. 
um, by itself. I never, I never liked it with like school lunch. That was always crazy to me. It's like I'm getting like steak fingers and tater tots, and then they're like, "Here's a carton of fucking milk." It's like I, this is not what I want with this kind of food. Like I, th- th- these things don't really pair that well. I'd rather just have like water. Can I have water? Well, you, no, we don't have bottles. We can't give you water here in the cafeteria. Out of your fucking mind, go to the water fountain. All we have is milk. You think you? Oh, you think we we're, we're gonna have water in the fucking uh, high school cafeteria? Get the crazy talk, okay? You gotta go go to the water fountain. And but if you want, we have we have uh, cartons of milk. And uh, over to the side here is the premium lunch line where you could spend five dollars on the slush puppy. We do have we don't have water. We have slush puppies um, that, that are fi- like five bucks. So you know if you come for money, you get to you get to have a slush puppy with your lunch or whatever they a slush a slush puppy was always like a brand name like down south. You go to these uh. <clears throat> Like different convenience stores, and there'd be like a, um, like a big spinning cup with a like picture of a dog on it, and they called it slush puppies, and it was uh, they were always delicious because it's like not a slurpy or an icy; those are more like a what have you would describe it like a the cons- I don't know like a, like you know okay you know what a slurpy is right like it's foamy and it's light and airy. And a slush puppy was like, it was slush. So it's was, it was just like blue raspberry with a bunch of fucking like slush in it. So you would drink it and these like beads of slush and ice would shoot through the straw and bust in your mouth. God damn, it was always good. Uh, but I tried to drink one recently and I was like, oh, this, this is way too, this is too much. This is way too sweet. Um... But it, that my school did have those. You could like get your lunch, and then if you had a little extra scratch, go to like the premium line, get you a slush puppy, and maybe, maybe a, like a French bread, like single serve pizza or whatever. I mean, it's crazy what they. I mean, I mean, like I my I, schools probably probably don't do this anymore. Like my school had like a vending, like a Coca Cola vending machine, which is like crazy to offer children as they're like trying to learn. You know, there's Cokes or whatever. And then there were there was like other schools like that like that episode of King of the Hill. Like that that there, there's that episode of King of the Hill where Bobby like goes to some like other high school or something and sees that they have like a, a like a taco bueno in the high school. And like the school I went to didn't have that, but there the, I I do remember like going on trips to for whatever reason, like other high schools, and they would have like full f- food courts in the high school. And that that was always like amazing to me that like you could go like go to lunch during school and have like Chick Fil A. I mean, crazy, wild. But then like my school was always like once you got your driver's license, um, I, I guess like you technically like weren't allowed to do this, but I I think a lot of people did anyways. Like on your when it was lunchtime, like all the kids who could drive would just like some would just like fuck off and go to like Sonic or whatever, uh, which has shitty food anyway. The whole fuck, the whole appeal of Sonic is just that it's like a fifty style like bellhop drive in, <clears throat> but the, nothing nothing on that menu is good except for the um, 
I don't even know if they have it anymore, but it was like a Frito pie wrap. So it was like all the ingredients of a fr like Frito chili cheese pie, but in a wrap. I always enjoyed that. And then, but then like the real appeal of Sonic was just like the, the drink selection. Like I think like every day, two to four half price drinks, get that, uh, you know, the ocean water. That was always the best. It was a Sprite and blue coconut. That's the bit. That's the best uh, thing at the Sonic was the ocean water. A lot of people went for the cherry limeade, perhaps the strawberry limeade. I go ocean water all day. In terms of like fast food beverages, it goes. It's ocean water is number one. Baja Blast is number two. And then, oh, you know what? Number one might actually be the if you go to an A and W. They got their own, it's like a separate tap for root beer. That might be number one. Or perhaps the Coca-Cola at McDonald's. We all know that's good. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the ocean, the ocean water's up there. That's 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 a good, that's a really good tasty beverage. And but yeah, Sonic, yeah, but Sonic was their whole thing was just like we got we got fucking drinks, we got drinks at the ass. You can add like whatever flavor syrups you want to, and then they and then like Coca Cola eventually came out with those like touch screen machines where it's like you know they got flavors of Coke you didn't even know were possible. Where it's like you push the Coke button and then it opens up like a sub menu where it's like oh you got raspberry you got raspberry Coke I'll try some of that. First time I saw one of them was in a Fuddruckers. Get one of them. Fuddruckers had the uh, they had the ostrich burger. That was always my go-to, and I think I would always order it for no other reason than it sounded exotic. I don't think I could ever like tell the difference between like I, I there was not like nothing about it that was like special or anything. It was just like I was oh you fucking killed an ostrich. That's that's cool. <laughs> I don't even know where you find one now. But you, uh, you like slit its throat and ground up its meat to make me a hamburger that I gotta go put some uh, pico de gallo on at the burger bar here in the Fuddruckers. Um, there was Fuddruckers, and then one year Red Robin had this item on the menu that they should I they should have never gotten rid of, and it was the ramen burger where it was a, like a hamburger. With like some Asian shit on the burger, but the the the, the selling point this is what made it spectacular. Was the buns somehow were like ramen patties? Like what it, what ramen looks like when you take it out of the pack and it's just like a dry brick, but they were like partially like fried or something, and so like you would bite into it and it would crunch, but then the center of these like ramen patties was still like. So like soft, like al dente ramen noodles. It was crazy. It was incredible. It was like one, the, the to this day. I, I I've thought about that burger every day for like eight years because I I miss it so much. And then of course you know red red robin also bottomless fries and if you're so inclined bottomless uh, root beer floats, dude. The whole middle of this country is fucked. Like all the chain restaurants are just like it, it's like suburban America is, is just endless chain restaurants serving like the the worst food possible. And it's not like bad; like it's delicious food. 
I'll eat a I'll eat at a goddamn Outback Steakhouse all day, but it's like that that's what like so many people are growing up on, like eating. And like I don't like I don't think I had like a decent meal until I was an adult and like made started like finding out that there were places that had dishes that weren't like just mega portion slop. My favorite thing I've ever ordered on any menu actually was at this little Italian restaurant in Manhattan called Little Frankie's. And it's just an egg. It was just an eggplant. It was like a fire roasted eggplant. They would take a whole eggplant and throw it into like a brick oven. And like, if you ordered it, they would tell you like, Oh, like this is going to take like 15 minutes. Is that okay? I was like, absolutely. So they would take a whole eggplant, throw it into a brick oven and then bring it out to you and, and at the table, cut it in half, dress it up with a little, like, like that black sea salt. So they put, like, salt on it and I, I think a little bit of pepper. Maybe it was just salt. But then they would also drizzle it with oil. So you could you could either get the, I think, like, the regular olive oil and they had a chili olive oil. And I would always get the chili olive oil. And this, I mean, this thing... Yo, this eggplant is incredible at Little Frankie's. It's my probably my favorite thing I've ever ordered at any restaurant. It's like 12 bucks, just a whole eggplant. Simple, simple, simple. That's that's what I've learned uh spending all of my money eating uh at restaurants I can't afford is like the simpler the better. So just a whole eggplant. Or if you're if you're getting pizza, just margarita pizza. You know what I'm saying? All these like highfalutin, like complicated dishes. You 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 forget that like the nuance of uh, food. You know your palate becomes like sort of desensitized in the, in the same way that like if you watch a lot of porn, it's just like I don't want to see like just a penis going inside of a vagina. I want to see it a woman, you know, shoving, like, toy basketballs up her ass to see how many she can fit in there. That's kind of what happens with food. You know, you you eat all this, like, crazy, extravagant food, and you you lose sight of the fact that, you know, sometimes just just a cook, like, just an eggplant or, you know, a a plate of tomatoes or, you know, anything like these real simple whole foods. Can can be the best, you know. You, you got to keep it simple. 